You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. All night prayer meetings at my house for the Done. rest yeah, right? of my life for my kids. Uh, it was a great message. Um, I, I love this couple. They're phenomenal. Tasha is uh, at the father's house in Vacaville, along with her husband, Joseph. They're an incredible couple. Worship pastors, campus pastors of the Vacaville campus of the father's house. I mean, incredible um, leaders, culture setters, just great friends of mine. I can't wait to hear from you guys. And then, last but certainly not least, we have Sam Cantalon. Yeah. Hello. As not only not only has he led worship for a long time, but he also serves as the creative director of the church. So he oversees production, and that's a great thing for I'd love to hear from more. Oh, wait, love to hear more from you about. Okay, sound good? I can. One more time, give my hand. Oh. So what I want to do is I just want to start out by just asking a couple of generalized questions. We did this in the worship class yesterday. We did this, and then we'll spend plenty of time hearing from you. But um, I'm just going to ask a question, and if anybody wants to jump in, please do so. It's kind of a big question. But how do you build and maintain a healthy worship culture in your church? That's good. Build and maintain. That's good. Yeah. So, it's on. It's good. Okay, great. How y'all doing? Yeah. Okay, how do you build and maintain? I think the main thing is being intentional about the vision of your pastor, first of all. Making sure you're constantly communicating the vision of, of what your pastor is uh, communicating um, to the teams, to your teams. And then um, making sure, I, I like to do three things with, with our teams. And that's, um, we, I start with, I cover them in prayer. I empower them, but I also uh, resource them as well. So those three things are, are great things to do. We do huddles. For our teams where we, we will gather each team together in different huddles and just talk through what, what you're going through, ask questions, make it real um, for our teams to continue to be able to communicate what's happening in their world. So, that's, something that's great. Um, that was awesome, CJ. I was just saying, I was like, okay, that's your guys sit next to Okay. Um, one thing I would say, and you guys have probably heard this before, um, but there's that saying, it's like, you can't create culture, you have to be it. Um, because normally it starts with whoever, if you're the leader or, you know, wherever, it's going to start with you. So if you're being intentional about making sure that you're connecting relationships, that's going to trickle down to, like, your whole team. And I feel like, um, you know, it can be a something, it can be spiritual, it can be practical, it's all, it's all together. So, like, if you're praying, you know, that's going to set the temperature in the culture for your team to be praying as well. They're going to see you doing it. Um, if, you sh- if you show up knowing the lyrics to the song, the rest of your team will probably start up sh- start showing up in the lyrics to the song. And so um, just like in every way, I think that is important to just know that like, okay, how are we approaching and are we ourselves being accountable to like actually, you know, fulfill the expectations or whatever that you might have for your team? Make sure that you're doing it and not just doing it, but going above and beyond. Okay. Uh, just because it is a huge topic, I'd say just really simply, whether you're talking about your worship team or your church as a whole, It'd be teach it, model it, and don't take no for an answer. That's, yeah. you know, the big thing is, you know, it all starts with the biblical pattern 
right, uh, for it, and then modeling it. Um, so as a church, you know, modeling it for the church, but also with your worship teams, getting down on the nuts and bolts of it, modeling that culture, and then really just not compromising on it. Um, you know, you don't, you're not an angry worship leader, angry worship pastor. If people, you call that worship, you know, because uh, you've all wanted to do that, right? Uh, but it's just understanding that we're moving people, right? So it's just, we're not taking no for an answer in that, like if worship was flat, you're not just like, well, that's how it is. It's like, no, no, no. We're, we pray, we fast, we press into this, and, and we, we don't take no for an answer, but we understand that we're moving a massive amount of people just in, in process down these things. You know, one of the things I've noticed, just I've been able to, to visit um, the Father's house. One thing that's really great about the way their team um, leads their church is that you, you, there's this excitement that goes on on the stage even as we're leading up to the, the service. I just think that there's something electric about that. You know, there's yeah. there's this there's this um, excitement about it. Another thing that they do, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. They actually they um, they'll have live baptisms happen in the midst of their worship experience. Yeah. Wow. And I think there's nothing better than setting the the culture for worship than showing yeah. life change yeah. actually in which that you know again you'd have to uh, set that up with your pastor how that could work. There's just it's an amazing thing to see how how it, not only are we worshiping the living Father. The living God, the, the maker of heaven and earth, who's worthy of everything we can give, we're also exhibiting life change. And mm-hmm. I think you've probably been around people before that you just want to you just want to be around them, right? Because they're they're just they're they're so much fun. And I think part of building a healthy worship culture is just simply just being good yeah. people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Hello. Like yeah. being nice. <laughs> And I'm probably going to offend somebody in this room. Say it, John. And I really say don't need to. But I'm so tired of the the worship CD cover Let's with go. the with the depressed worship leader on it. Like, hey, it's Jesus we're serving. Come on, people, this is fun. You know. And I did offend, and I am sorry, I didn't mean to offend that. Didn't mean to do that. But but we have to exhibit that life and that. Yeah. That joy, the excitement, and uh, Joseph actually said something really great yesterday. He said it, and I wanted to bring it back up, but you guys say that you, you believe. I don't. Might, you might need to fix my quote. I don't remember it yet. So, but okay. <laughs> but they said that they believe that that breakthrough happens in praise, or something to that effect. And I just think that that something that we can focus on more and more in our churches is just is just really setting the tone in praise. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm, we're, we're I don't know about you guys, but we're we're struggling to find those great yeah. praise songs. Yes, because there's not a, a whole bunch of them out there. And um, but just even starting off the worship set, how you guys react in praise, or how we react to the, the right. presence of God in praise, it really sets a huge yeah. tone for us right. in worship. And it starts with us. And one of the things that we talk about, um, even with our stage uh, expression, sometimes you know I've had a lot of comments. Maybe you've had this before. Like I just don't feel like you know. Raising my hands just not really my. That's not my. That's not the way I express my worship. And I think a great way to respond to that is the minute you stand up on the stage, you've kind of forfeited. Right. You know, your right to have your expression. We're, yeah. we're here not to be fake or not to be, you know, uh, um, put on a show. But we're here to lead people right. yeah. where they haven't been. Right. And so I just think, just going along with all of that, that just that we we set the tone. Right. Yeah. Let's be tone. So that's why worship, praise, and worship is first. Right. Right. In our worship sets, and so it's just important for us to get started off right. Yeah. Um, I think for us, another thing that we've really focused on, and we have continued to work hard on, is the pre-service moments. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but I'd love to hear how that works for your churches. 
But um, for us, you know, I think the 15-minute session before worship, when we're, it's just us in the green room or the, the side stage, is so important that we take that time to, to set even the tone and the culture in our hearts and set the vision for what that worship experience is going to look like. I'd be curious... Really, to hear from um, from each church, just. Uh, We'd like to hear like here from Hillsong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Nicole, go ahead and give us like Sunday morning Hillsong yeah. LA. What does that look like before yeah. service? Um, for the pre-service meeting, actually, it's uh, basically any of the team leads will come together. Um, so you've got the whoever's speaking the campus pastor, and then literally like all of the volunteer leads, and then. Um, Anybody who's serving on platform as well, so the worship team, everyone. And uh, normally, you know, normally there's like a service, like run sheet that we'll go through. And then there's that moment where we just kind of refocus of like, okay, this is what it's all about. And um, there's, you know, normally like a testimony or something like that, or um, just the, the campus pastor might have a word. But it's really cool because once we disperse, like, we're literally like all over, like, all over the different um, parts of the premises. So... Uh, for all of us to be united in that moment of like, okay, guys, some of us, I mean, it's probably said before, just like that kind of like locker room moment where like, okay, this is the game plan. Like, we're going to go, this is what we're going to do. And there's really something powerful about unity. Um, I mean, scripture talks about how it's like where there's unity, unity, it commands God's blessing. And so um, there's something really powerful about making sure that everybody, both spiritually and practically, are on the same page. Right. Um, and then, yeah, we just go for We pray and intercede for the day. We ask God that, you know, he would give us vision for the day and um, set up our set up our paths for the for meeting different people. But um, yeah, that's kind of what it kind of what it looks like. And it's always it's interesting. I love that she said that like this anticipation. Um, I think that's really I think that's really important because uh, especially living in LA, people you know have been working, they've been in traffic, like all that kind of stuff. And I think it's really important that like as leaders, making sure that we really do carry that joy and like it's not a okay we just got here who like is. Right. so hard getting here you know it's like no like, I cannot believe we, we get to be here right. this is so much fun and, oh I'm so excited to do this with you and yeah. God come have your way so it's yeah. good that's pre-service Sam wants to talk about voices um, thanks for asking a question on something that uh, just this week we were meeting about <laughs> 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 okay, let's get real you it's know? exciting tell us what you decide um, <laughs> 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 no we yeah, so I mean, our worship team gathers about 15 minutes before the service, and we just, we try to be, every church is so different, our church, we, we try to just not focus on info much, and so we just see how everyone's doing, we ask if anyone has any prayer needs, one of our worship leaders or pastors will just share like, hey, this morning or this week, God was showing me this, and we just kind of have a little moment together that's just kind of like, hey, we ran the songs, we know what we're going to do, um, and we just, we just take a minute to just pray together, or... If we're like, oh, that rehearsal was really bad, um, and we don't know what we're doing, or, or like, hey, our hearts aren't ready, then we'll grab an acoustic guitar and we'll sing a song together and get there. Um, but yeah, we're, right now it's pretty departmentalized. That's the thing that we're like, you know what? We could do a bit. I like that. Everyone together. And then, so, um, can I? We'll update you next year. Okay, great. <laughs> so yeah, let's just, let's just set a calendar and. Awesome. Next year, we'll leave. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, anybody else want to jump in? 
Joseph. They were all trying to just copy Hillsong. Okay, yeah, totally. That's great. And let me ask one more question um, of the of the panel, just to kind of again, I'm trying just to see questions for you guys, see if you have anything. But um, so culture has to do so much with relationship, which I love what you said, just about how you focus a little bit less on information in your pre-service, and it's more on just how are you doing. It. I think that's powerful. Chemistry is so important, right, on our teams. So the, to me, it seems like the one enemy of chemistry is conflict. Um, so how do, and, and I was joking around yesterday, maybe I'm the only church that has conflict on my worship team. Because you know? um, creative people just get together so well together. Right? So, but I'd love to hear just different approaches to, you have a conflict. It could be something from, you know, um, they just don't like each other, or that's the song that they always sing, or that's my part, or whatever. How would you deal with, with different types of conflict within your team? Joseph loved these wide open questions. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph's yeah. Joseph's like, give me these specific questions. What, what did you say? What am I called, Brianna? Oh, I forget. The confronter? Or? The con- no. I don't know. It anyway, doesn't matter me. Apparently I have a nickname at meetings because I'm like the guy that just rips off the band-aid and, get, and, and deals with it, you know? Um, I guess I'm just, so I naturally, before I became worship pastor, was not confrontational. I hated confrontation. Um, but then it didn't take long to learn that I hated what happens when you're not confrontational more yes. than just confronting so it, right? So... Um, I was trying to look for a non-gross analogy, and all I could think of was like a rusty nail. You stepped on a rusty nail, you want to deal with that quick. So we'll move on, though, because some people are eating. Um, So, but just that thing of like when there's an issue, when there's, you know, uh, a wound or just whatever that would be, uh, when it's allowed to fester and grow, uh, the ramifications of that are so much more painful than if you just had the hate. Here's an observation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and language is really important. I've, yeah. You know, over the years of walking with her dad, I've gotten to learn some helpful language. So one of those things would be this. Hey, here, here's an observation. Um, when we did that little change on that song, to me, it felt like you got a little defensive. Is that correct? Or like, can we talk about that? It's completely different than, did you have a massive attitude when we changed that? Right? Now it's, now it's very aggressive. Right. Timing is everything. Um, but it really it's about I mean, you have to address it. I've had meetings with people that they're like, you know, a year ago you said this. And I was like a year ago. And for one year, it is colored every conversation. Uh, it's like a filter over their ears. Everything I've said came through that filter, which was completely false. It was a total misunderstanding. Uh, and so it's just like the, the, the power of dealing with things immediately um because you know the longer it goes the longer it grows um and uh, it's just that is painful to deal with yeah one thing i've noticed uh um, something that's changed even over the past year for how i confront confrontation as far as with different people is calling out and seeing what's in them first good so it's like instead of me just going off the rails like, oh my goodness, what happened? First thing I do is I pull them aside and I say, listen, you're incredible. Like, there's something, in, God has put a gift in you to, to, to end this way. What's going on? How are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. And that, so I, 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 I immediately call to what yeah. I see, yeah. and then I ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. And what I found is it, there's a soft spot in there. Because, I mean, if I come in heavy and they, they're yeah. feeling some kind of way, right. they come back heavy, it's going to be a little, you know. <laughs> and so it's like, but when I call it, I see where it just shifts, yeah. even with them. They're like, uh, like you just reminded me yeah. of what God has called or put inside of me. And now what's going on? And then there's, it's always a conversation after you. Or it might be like, just have one of those. I would love to talk to you about it later or something. You know, we talk. But those kind of things, I've just seen even in this past year where um, confronting even some high-capacity leaders that have a, a, a big opinion, you know, I'm able to even just kind of get in there quick. You know, um, I think a, a, a major thing is you address it immediately, yeah. too. Don't wait. I know some, you know, do the little prayer really quick, what? Tame me, don't let me. Tame me? <laughs> and then go across, because I, I think, like Justin said, like you get to a point where you let it fester, it grows, but it also affects others. Yeah. And you'll see where your room kind of changes, the dynamic yeah. changes, because they know this person is dealing oh, don't talk to them. Yeah. And then everybody's quiet in the room. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. You don't let that happen. Right. So you address it immediately. Yeah. Yep. That's really good. And just just one thing too, um, and this is I guess maybe more of like a preventative thing, is um, building. That's why it's so important to build connection and relationship on the front end of it. Um, if you think about it as like a bank account, you know what I'm saying. You're putting in these deposits in this relationship, and then when the time comes, it's like okay, you've already built this relationship to right. so where it's like there's trust there. They feel like they can be safe with you, even if it's like something that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. To to be able to have already on the front end, really mm-hmm. making sure that your intention yeah. of knowing your team right. is really important for those moments that are going to happen. Totally. And so, just wanted to say that. Yeah. As well. I was going to say the exact same thing, but I would say too, if you're like a you know young church or you don't have a, a big team. That is like the best opportunity to start building culture because, you know, when you think, you know, you look at Highlands or these big places and it's like all these team people and like, wow, that's so cool. No, it's a lot of work because you have, you're dealing with people. Like it's not just systems, you're dealing with souls. That's right. So if you have five people on your worship team, get them to your house, ASAP for dinner and start just living life together and hanging out and having fun because that culture is is brought onto the stage. Yes. That's a huge importance for us. Our church, I shared a little bit in the 7-7, but in the living room, worship teams yeah. and people crying out to God. And it was this movement of people just wanting Jesus, but together as a family. And we've never changed that over 22 years. Now it's bigger. We can't we don't necessarily be in the living room, but we try to find living rooms that are big enough to get in there, get outside of the church and get in a living room and get on our knees and seek God and eat some yeah. food. And then you start to feel like, wow, like... We're in this together. And if there's something that comes up, conflict, it's like, I'm talking to my brother, my sister. It's not just like, you need to go. It's like, we're family. Let's talk about this. You don't want issues in your family because then Christmas is awkward. You know what I mean? So you got to deal with it or else, yeah. Yeah, So that's all I have to say. My pastor says something recently. Don't don't confront someone if you don't have love in your heart for them. That's right. So, because confrontation is a loving thing. Yeah. That you're loving that person by helping them yeah, with that. That's right. Um, and so, that often can look like, you know, if something happens in a moment or a Saturday or on a Sunday or whatever, and you're kind of like, you're wound up about it a little bit, you're like, hey, can we hang out this week? And, and so, I love, there's some things like, um, 
like CJ said, like you do need to talk about it immediately. Right. But it's always worth that moment of like, okay, Lord, give me love for this person. Help me to see like what what you want to see in them. Because um, if you're just triggered, like it's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> you're going to do more damage. So um, take a moment, take a few days, and then if you can't get to a place of love for that person. Then there's other stuff to figure out there too, right? Yeah. right. So then right. grab someone else. Be like, hey, I need to, this. Yeah. I, I, this needs to be sorted out. I I'm not quite there yet. Like you know. Yeah. Um, and so there's probably some other stuff to help them help in their reconciliation, etc. But always make sure you're coming from a place of love, not making sure the song sounds better after this conversation, or not yeah. making sure they're more on time next time. You know it. It's right. good. You're trying to help this person, so yeah. that's what competition's supposed to be. That's good. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think what I'm hearing as a common theme is, you know, we come here to even to these events, we're so focused on the product, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're and I, I must confess, I am too. Like, mm-hmm. we're having all of our conversations, even this morning, you know, we're, we're working on a transition or we're working on a, you know, how many bars we're going to take before we go into the next thing. And all that stuff's really good. But at the end of the day, the bottom line is, all of that is for people. Yeah. It's not about the product, right? Yeah. And I think it's in the heart of every artist, it's in the heart of every worshiper. To you know, we're so into our craft and into our our music and the experience. But at the end of the day, that's yeah, all good. At the end of the day, though, we have to focus on people. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was going to say, um, especially for those of you guys that are, how many of you are getting ready to plant, or maybe you've been in church for less than a year? I did this yesterday too, but. Okay, great. So, uh, what about less than five years? Or we'll say this. How many of you guys have worship teams that are like under 15 people? 10, 15 people, somewhere in there. Okay, it's the majority of the room. So, just remember, whatever's in seed form determines what grows. And so, you have to protect the seed. And what can happen, I, I think, in smaller settings is you're so grateful to have anyone that sometimes we allow a different breed to come in and then you're don't be shocked by what grows and so uh i remember years ago uh college ministry is a really hard thing to do especially in a town that doesn't have a college in it (laughs) right because in our town it's like it's pretty much like all the college people like i can't wait to get out of vacaville right but that's changing because what god's doing in our church amen thank you god but uh so it was just kind of like the college thing was always hard to do. And so there was, they were trying to do a service and grow the teams, but there's like nobody on the main teams actually wanted to be a part of it. It's kind of one of those things and you know, we'll just move on. Um, and uh, so, but they were like, so there was, I mean, a couple of people from like the, the main leader was somebody who would never actually lead in any of our main settings. And then they couldn't fill out a band. So then there was like people from two and three different churches that were coming in and just filling this band. And it was so not our DNA and not our culture. Uh, and it wasn't excellent either. So I remember I was meeting with the guy. And I was like, here's the deal. Like as a young adult, I would much rather have like one guy on a stool that sounds like John Mayer right. than six people who are barely holding this thing together just so we can say we have a band. Right. So here's, here's my encouragement to anybody... Amen. So here's my encouragement. And you can't do this without the buy-in of your lead pastor. I would rather have an acoustic guitar and one guy on a cajon if their hearts are gold. They have a heart for the house. They're the first ones at the prayer meeting. They're the first ones to give. 
uh, I mean, all that because what's in seed form grows. Uh, so on a very practical standpoint, if you got two excellent musicians, other excellent musicians want to be a part of that. No excellent musician wants to come rescue something. They're like, no, 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 no. I want to jam with some guys that are good, right? So on a practical level, do that. But on a heart level, um, that has everything to do with what comes off the platform, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the musician leads. And so what comes off the platform when you have two people, yeah, it's not going to sound like what, what they had this morning, but what it's, what it's going to be is it's going to be fresh, right. drinkable water that people go, I'm so refreshed yeah. by what these guys are doing. So I just want to encourage you so uh, it, because you know, Paul Balash said this and he says it a lot. It's, it's easy to add to your team. It's hard to subtract. So add slowly. So every time we're doing auditions and stuff, we're all, I always remind our guys because the human part of us is like you want to give people feedback so bad. And we're just like, hey, we'll get back to you because we want to kind of like rest in it, consider like, okay, now what is, you know, all the stuff um, because it is, it's hard to subtract. So it's just, okay, what's coming out of this person? Have interviews with people. What's their, you know, are they planted in groups? Are they in your church? So just, um, again, that seed form, just be really careful about that and then add slowly. That's really great. Okay. Hey, that's, that's amazing. Let's, let's get to your questions. Um, anybody have anything that you would like to be about anything right here in the back? Go for it. If you're if you're in a place where you've been given leadership, just be confident in that. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I've been there. I started when I was like I was started really young. I actually was placed in the role of worship pastor. I, I didn't really know what that really meant when I was 21. I had probably I had no idea what I was doing. There was an incredible bass player that was. Um, is the bass player in your situation too? Ah. That's hilarious. Ah. That is hilarious. <laughs> that that really did not like where I was leading the team, and and I was leading the team under the direction. I was going in a specific direction because my lead pastor was urging me in that position, in that direction. A lot of a lot of tension. Always honored through it, but I, but I think the key, and he actually ended up leaving the team after a while. He was like the best bass player ever. You know, like he was just amazing. He was the best that we had. But he actually ended up leaving the team on his own on his own choice. But the but the whole thing throughout the whole process was just hey, just don't be afraid of the of where you're taking the team as long as it's under the covering of your, your yes. senior leader, right? But then but then honor through the process. Yeah. Be okay. With when you're when you're moving forward, when you're moving the ball down the field, there's always going to be resistance. You know? And so, so I just encourage you just to, to hang in there, show honor by just always appreciating what they bring. It's positive. Yeah. Don't talk about the negative. Just talk about the positive. But keep keep moving in the good. direction. Good answer, John. That's good. That's good. Hadassah. Um, by the way, Hadassah did a great yes, job. Yes, she did. <laughs> Um, and so how do you like create 
a really good culture of humility. Okay. Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Pastor John, I, he models that really well. And I think uh, Nicole said it earlier, like, you be, you being the culture. So I think as leaders, not carrying the title and actually serving in a way that your team sees it. So I'm not going to show up to a rehearsal when everything's set up. I'm going to be there setting up, getting things ready. I might even put out waters for the vocalists and charts for the band. Like, I'm resourcing them. I'm leading the charge in humility. I'm doing everything to my ability to serve the best I can, regardless of what they do. So if I'm saying, hey, uh, Nicole, you know, I need help with setting up this, you know, rehearsal. And she's like, I can't be there till five. Well, the team's going to see me setting it up. Like, I want to make sure I'm, I'm in that role every time so people can see it. I think that's a big thing with leadership. I think I would add just when you're bringing people up through your team, like, watch them on the small stages. Put them on small, small platforms. And then watch them, see how they see how they, and then and then if they handle that well, you know, it's the, the biblical principle that if you're faithful in the, in the yeah. small, he will give you more. You know, he'll give you the increase. And so I think it's great when you can actually see people. Yeah. You know, maybe it's their first time leading worship, but it's on a it's on a small platform in a, in a kids room. Right. It's a great way to test somebody's. And then and then whatever you put on your big platform, big church, right? I always <laughs> call it big church. <laughs> that's that's who you're going to attract. So if you want to have a, a, a culture of humility, have the people that really don't care if they're on that platform or not. Yeah. Yeah. They just love being part yeah. of the church. And yeah. That's yeah. Good. It's a great way to attract that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How would you create a culture of, say, expressive worship in an area that doesn't have it? We're, our church is in southern Utah. Our, our city that we're in is 65% Mormon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's very hard mm-hmm. when these people come into the church to create this Right. experience that they would want to feel about it. That's good. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is maybe in those kind of cultures being, like he was talking about teaching it. So even like from a biblical standpoint of like, literally like in Psalms it says, you know, make a, like have shouts of praise and a joyful noise, like all these different things. If you're, if you're saying like, you know, hey, this is like, this is not just an opinion, this is God's work that's been like it's ancient it's right. been through the generations so it's not like oh yeah we're in this new hip church that's like out here like jumping around and dancing it's like no this is something that's been happening for thousands of years mm-hmm. you know so um, I think that's really important of like being able to teach you know yeah. your teams and then oh. just the church as a whole as well yeah I'd say um, also just talk to your lead like your pastors and um, tell them that's something you're seeing and see if they're excited to change it with you. That's good. Um, hey, I noticed like the congregation is a little bit, or if they have any ideas as well. Um, but then if they are excited to change it with you, then you can start kind of, like for a month, just see if the, the goal with the songs and the theming would just be, you know, surrender. And then each week, just like you said, like a verse about what it is to, to lift our hands and just make it a goal for a month. Like hopefully after six weeks, some hands will be lifted. And if you do, then great. Then carry that momentum for three months. And then in that, you know, okay, now we want to get people like engaged clapping and worship. So we're going to form this set to have, you know, a moment where we take it just down to just kick and talk about importance of moving our bodies or engaging physically. You know, you could, if your pastors are with you on it, then you could shape things to, to just 
piece by piece. Or you might go to your lead pastor and says, you know what? Uh, he or she says, you know what? I've actually had a, it's been on my heart to do a whole series on worship. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, wow, that's amazing. That's the best case right. scenario, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get with them and they're with you as well, then great. But they also might say, you know what? That's, I love your heart. Let's, let's pause on that. And in the fall, we're going to really go after that. Right now, we're just working on giving. And that's going to be important for this. And then you go, okay, great. You know, yeah. I'm excited for the fall. Yeah. And to give. Anyone practical thing? We actually do this at Highlands. Um, and I have to put it in context of that it's all about leadership. But we have crowd plants. I don't know if that that probably doesn't even sound right. Can we, can we do like like you know how clap plants? Have you ever had a clap plant? Like maybe there's supposed to be an applause moment. Somebody's like. <laughs> so we have some of our leaders up front. Yeah. In the front row That's good. That we don't even have to tell them to worship because yeah. they understand it. Yeah. And I'm sure you have some folks on your team. And what, what would it look like if you said, hey, would you help me lead from the front row? Yeah. You know, it's a leadership yeah. thing. Yes. And you've got to train them. You know, it's not a show. Right? This is for us to genuine. But people follow us. Right? Yes. So it's kind of, maybe that's just a practical idea for you. That's great. Like, can I speak to one thing on that real quick? Yes. Um, so we just made a change in our church too because we're, we're huge on pre-service. Everybody goes outside and welcomes people to church. So then what was happening is then like our pastors would kind of like eventually get in for yeah. service. And so we just, we're like, hey, that's not the culture we want to create. And so now we just kind of did it again. Like, hey, we're still going to go out there. But song one, all the pastors yeah. are in the front row um, or leaders, you know, if it's a, if it's a young church um, because leaders reproduce after their own kind. And so all day long, that was John Maxwell, not me. Not me. Um, I was like, wow. Like, wow, she wrote a book on that, like 21 irrefutable laws. Of, um, so, but yeah, so we have a luxury because, you know, her dad, Pastor Dave, he was a worship pastor. So that's always been the heartbeat of our church. Uh, and so it's one thing to say we value worship, but when the lead pastor is going for it, it sets a tone for the entire church. Um, that's probably a different session for a different day. If the lead pastor is not going for it, then it's, you know, it's, like I said, a different session. But um, we model it, we model it, we model it. And then, yeah, doing the series, um, you know, is a great way to do it. John mentioned yesterday Chris Tomlin's book, Holy Roar. Uh, it's a really thin book, but it talks about the seven Hebrew words for praise. Uh, and so and we just did it this summer. We did a five-week series called Made for This uh, on worship. And the very last week, her dad and I, we just kept tag-teaming. We left the band up on stage the entire time. And it was a total show-and-tell message. Uh, and it was like, hey, this word is halal, which means to go nuts and rave for God. And like that's the number one used word in the Bible. So when people understand it, then they're empowered, right? It's like if you know that, you know, redlining your engine will blow your engine up, you stop doing that. Well, if you don't know that, then it's like whatever. So with worship, it's like when I know that it's not about personality, it's not about my personal expression. This is a biblical command. And the fact that God doesn't command us to do anything that he doesn't have a blessing tied to, uh, that's where we lead with. Because then people go, oh my gosh, well, yeah, I don't want to miss out on this. And then, you know, then it trickles down from there. So
and um, just creating that that culture of of bringing them up and raising them up. Yeah, I think um, consistency is important in that. Um, so I mentioned we do huddles. And the reason we do that is because if I'm going to a campus and I'm meeting with one of the guys or girls who's leading that campus and I say, hey, so talk to me about how Sunday went and we talk about it. It's like, oh, so you, you were late and you missed the cue and you missed this. Okay, here, so those three things, let's just talk about that. And, and then let's, um, and then let's, uh, revisit that in the huddle. So then we talk about it. Then we have a huddle that we with the with other worship directors or worship leaders, and we just talk about, hey, so what what are some of the things you're dealing with? And what you'll find is when you're consistent in that, you'll find that it might have been something with the family. It might have been something that we didn't communicate that we should have communicated that would have helped them along. So there's so many different facets of that. But I think when you when you're consistent, you'll see where. So you're showing up late every rehearsal, like that's that's an internal thing. That's something happening with you. Sure. Versus you showed up late this month and 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 I, I just I feel like that's a bad thing, but if I ask the question, it'll be a little, you know, I had to go to the hospital at two o'clock in the morning. Did you know that I was at the hospital? No, I wasn't really keeping in touch. So I think for us as leaders, we gotta understand too that we can't just take that out of context. Yeah. We got to make sure that we're involved right. with yeah. each team yeah. member yeah. and asking the right questions, but also being consistent. Because yeah. I think a lot of times we'll just jump over here and say, oh, you, I see this where you did it wrong. I'll be back in. Or if it's, if it's just one church, same thing. You just say, yeah, I just see that this is wrong and you address it and then you're done. And when you're not consistent, it just becomes a problem. I think. Yeah. So, I think consistency is great. That's great. Me? Yeah. So, uh, thank you guys so much. This is really great. Um, can some of you maybe talk about a time where you noticed that there were maybe some systemic issues, or maybe an unhealthy culture, unhealthy patterns within the worship team, and like the steps you took to make to course correct? Mm-hmm. 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 Word that we would say. So there was like a season where this is like not super huge, but it could have beca- became or become huge. Sorry, I would, <laughs> like I need some coffee. <laughs> I don't even drink coffee. Uh, <laughs> there was a time where our teams, we have a lot of young people on our team, like young, like our, one of our drummers, he was 12 years old when he was playing on our main stage. Like, little, like we're, these are little kids. Uh, but most of them are, you know, teenage, younger, 20s. So there was a season where, like, the sarcasm was, like, next level. Like, not funny anymore. Like, this is getting unreal. Like, like even if they were trying to say something nice, they would say it in, like, a sarcastic way. Like, where, where to go on that bridge or whatever. Like, and it started getting out of control. We're effort, like, we're funny people. We love to have fun and joke and all that. But it started getting where it was, like, ugh. Like, you, you would just feel tense. And so we... We brought it up to our team at a team night. We have team nights, which is super crucial for us because that's where we go over culture and DNA and all that. But at one of our team nights, he came up with this idea. He's like, okay, guys, he you know, did a whole teaching on it of just like our, what we speak out and how we're creating atmosphere with our words and we need to be building each other up and not bringing each other down. And, but then we created this thing within our team where we would say, um, instead of just blessing out, like, dude, don't say that or whatever, we would say, check your mix. And so it was an inside thing for our entire worship community. So if the sound guy is saying something, you know, just super harsh or whatever to the bass player, 
And it was like, well, everybody senses it, but nobody wants to bust it out. And we'd say, check your mix. And then everyone was like, oh. So it became this, like, you know, just a simple, like, thing. But it really did change culture for us. And sarcasm was, like, snipped in the butt. And we just, we stopped it from there. Still have fun, still joke around. But the, the like, abrasive, like, that's inappropriate, you know. We just hit it. And so even still to this day, I'll hear some of our guys, like, check your mix. And it's like, wow, this is still working cool. years later. So that's kind of a very sim- small yeah. example. But. Yeah, cool. I'll just say something real quick. Um, so, like, I know for our team in L.A., if you live in L.A., you would understand this. It's so easy to, like, not see each other because you're, like, so far from each other. And it's crazy how it could be, you know... 10 miles away and that's like an hour or something so anyway um so i know like this year this our team has really been focused on just getting connected and like putting things in place so that it would foster connectivity like such as you know we have team nights we just started this thing called dna nights um we have these things called creative hangs and actually with with hillsong we don't have a midweek rehearsal because it's a portable um, supportable location and so it was really important to make sure like hey I actually know the person that I'm, I'm leading with um, that I'm on the stage with that I'm doing, doing this with it's not just coming in and doing Sundays but actually doing life together and so um, just it's so simple but it's like okay what is it that we want to see then asking asking the Holy Spirit but, and then also like having maybe a couple key, key team people like how can we actually find a solution for this so it's like okay we need more connectivity then we need to like figure out ways on how to connect. So, and then obviously you don't want to like you don't want to like oversaturate people's schedules and stuff like that. But just like what would be big wins um, that would be maybe simple to do? It's like we're literally just going to gather at somebody's house, you know, once a month and right. hang out. But it's amazing. Once a month is better than no times a month, right? right? right. So, right. Yeah. Um, just like getting really, really simple and practical about things. So, yeah. That's great. Hey, let's take one more. I know I have to cut it short. We had a little bit of a shorter lap time. Let's go. Uh, yeah, go for it. Sure, thank you. Uh, how do you create a culture of honor on your team that's honor towards each other and your team pastor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really that's great. great. Hey, can I just, let me, let me answer, we'll, we'll answer that. Let me just say that the most important relationship that you can have as a worship leader mm-hmm. is your lead pastor. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me just t- take some pressure off. We're all going to have different types of relationships with our senior leader. Okay, right. so we have we have family, right? Yeah, represented. About that. We have um, maybe friends <laughs> represented. For me, you know, um, Pastor Chris is a, is a father figure for me. He's not my obviously he's not my dad, but, but so I, how I relate to him is right. different maybe than how you would, you would relate. But we all have to really work at it. Let me just give you a little tip. It's on you. Yes. And go to that. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so take the take the responsibility so on yourself to yep. pursue relationship with them, mm-hmm. and then let just be grace filled, full of grace with with them on on yeah. getting anything back. Yeah. If you invest into that relationship, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna see a return on yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think that actually is probably where that starts mm-hmm. in creating that culture of honor. Um, I think I think just honor is you know there, it's a simple way to think of it is. The person that's being honored really doesn't need, especially if you're showing it to, let's say the lead pastor. The lead pastor gets honor all the time, right? He or she probably doesn't need it. It's actually for us to, sh- it's important for us to show. That's Honor is important to the, to the person giving it, not necessarily the person receiving it. And so I just think it's just a simple direction. We've got to make sure the direction is going the right way. Yeah. You know? And that, does anybody else have anything to add on to that? 
Um, so this was actually one thing we do with our team at a team night before. So I have a whole lesson on this, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> but Pastor Larry Stockstill, uh, who now passed Bethany in Baton Rouge on to Jonathan, his son. So he came, uh, it was our dedication of our new building, and he's on our advisory board. And he said this, honor is the gravity of the kingdom. So if honor isn't there, the kingdom falls apart. So worship, first and foremost, is honor of God. So you can't compartmentalize honor. You can't honor God and then dishonor the people that he's put as the person over the church and the lead pastor, the covering person for that church. Um, and so we have a saying at our church, it's just, it's not an official saying, but we, we use it all the time, just kind of in our culture and it's honor up, honor down, honor all around. So honor the people above you, honor the people below you who are working their butts off to try to get to the next level. And then honor people that have no stake in your life or your ministry because it's a culture of honor. Um, We honor everyone. We honor the struggles that they've had to overcome to get to where they are. You know, Um, it's so uh, I mentioned this yesterday, but we we tell our team, when's the last time that, you know, you went up to somebody from production team and even asked them what their name was, you know, or. You know, like we walk out to greet people before church and I'm I'm always going to, and now that we're campus pastors at our campus, you definitely like have a high value for every single person doing everything. Right. But you go out and like people that are holding the doors. Right. I mean, like we've been there, you know, two, our sound checks are two and a half hours sometimes on a Saturday as we do a Saturday night and two Sundays. Uh, we're, We're doing, you know, sound check and rehearsal, you know, bands were there for a long time, plus the practice and all that. Right. And then somebody shows up and they hold a door open. That didn't take much practice. I didn't take much rehearsal, um, but it's still honoring. Like, thank you for being a part of all this. You know, like if you didn't help somebody park their car easily, then by the time to get, they even get in to receive from anything we're doing, their spirits are so locked up. Maybe just because they're like, I don't know where I was and this, and I had kids getting the, th- you know, the whole. So it's just honoring everybody, and that's it's a culture and it oozes from everything. You know, it's like. Guests come into our green room or something. Man, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, come here at Ark, like all the amazing people that are helping make this happen. Like, thank you so much yeah. for for having us. Like, thanks for putting this on. And it's it's so not like John said. It's not because they need it or it, it's a culture though. Yeah. It's just as worshipers, we need to like, and as believers, we need to just operate in an air of yeah. honor yeah. because that's worship. And then when it's given towards God, it's the highest form of honor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so we, we just work really, really hard at that to honor everybody because we love having fun. So I put it like this and I'll shut up. Um, is one of our values, like literally one of our 10 values of our church is fun. So it's, and it's, we will enjoy the journey laughing uh, loud, hard and often. Right. And we do that. And so, but what can happen sometimes is that it's like, we have fun and we try to honor people within that. And so I've kind of uh, pictured it like a setting on a ring. It's honor is the setting and we put fun in that. And so honor is the higher value than fun. Let's have fun, but we never compromise honor. So we always honor. And if that means we have to compromise fun, because I had this great joke that was going to be awesome, this little thing, Mm. I'm not going to tell the joke because I'm I'm valuing honor. Um, One super simple thing is just just start honoring people, like in your team huddles. Um, Just like, just make it a staple. Like, hey, we see everyone's doing, we make sure the set looks good, and then you or the worship leaders or whatever, it's one of the jobs of the worship leader that Sunday. Hey, make sure you honor someone in huddle. So, hey, so-and-so on drums, like, honestly, man, I just want to take a second to honor you. Because we just, we couldn't do this. We couldn't do it without you. We wouldn't want to do it without you. You know, and just speaking to that person for a few minutes, they'll probably be crying by the end of it. And 
You just model it, man, and yeah, people will just all of a sudden, ten huddles later, be like, hey, can I just take a second and just honor, yeah. like, yeah. honestly, bro, the way you were singing today and just who you are, yeah. just, you know, it'll just become yeah. so natural. Yeah. And do that about your pastor, too. So, hey, were you guys here last week? Yeah. Like, honestly, the word so-and-so brought, like, just really touched. You know, just yeah. make it a part of your vocabulary so it'll start happening. Great. Just want to tell us real quick about um, the worship intensive. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we, we work really hard at our church, as everybody does, but we work really hard to um, do what we do in worship, and we've been enjoying this amazing culture of worship at our church for going on 23 years. Um, and so really, you know, people come into our church and they're like, oh my gosh, what is this? And it's honestly the, the grace of God, but there's a lot of things we do behind the scenes to work really hard at it. So uh, we've done a worship school, uh, worship training school for worship leaders for like 15 years. Uh, in different ways, shapes, and forms, and so God really laid it on our hearts to um, to to change it and do it in a way that we can be more effective and more people can take part. So we're doing these things called the TFH Worship Intensives. You might have seen the table along with her dad's book called Pursuit out there in the lobby. Um, and basically, it's on-site uh, intensives for three days, and then we're going to be doing some that'll be online as well. Um, but the first on-site is coming up November 14th through 16th. Uh, it starts with what we consider the most important meeting of our church. It's called Pursuit. It's a, our prayer meeting, but it's really it's a worship and prayer meeting where we just go after God. Uh, and countless times, people that come, they're like, now I understand the Father's house. Because that's the engine that drives everything. So we do that. Um, our prophetic teams will be there to, to minister over every worship leader that comes. Friday, uh, all day, is going to be sessions and Q&A and hanging out and having meals together. We have Paul McClure from Bethel uh, coming to be a part of that as well. Friday night, you actually get to be a part of our worship community night. So all of our campuses will be together. You get to experience our worship culture and how we do that with our teams. Saturday's more of the same, We're doing vocal lessons with uh, an amazing godsend of a vocal instructor that we got at the church. And then it ends with our Saturday night service. So you can see like, okay, there's the expression, but everything in the last three days is what goes into making that be what it is, uh, which is more than just songs and lights, you know. So um, if you can make it happen, we'd love, love for you to come hang out with us and, um, and we can help you uh, take your experiences uh, and, and be everything that you want them to be. Just the power of God, the presence of God. That's what changes lives. So Amen. thanks for giving me the pitch. Still out there, right? Yeah, table's still out there. There's materials and there. there were brochures in your conference package too awesome. if you got those. Hey, would you give the panel a hand? We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming art conference, visit artconference.com.